I see a lot of these churches as fat farms. <laughs> you got all these people gathering, listening to this great preaching, mm-hmm. and they're just getting fat, getting fat. with all yeah. this knowledge, yeah. and it's not coming out nowhere. Yeah, it's not coming they're out. They're not exercising. They're it. not exercising yeah. it out. So they're big obese with the yeah. word of God yeah, in yeah. them, which is the greatest thing you can have. But if you're not using it, then what good? Oh, yeah. It's filling me up. It's making me feel good. It's making me feel closer to God. No, it's not. What's up, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of BS Faith, a.k.a. Bumper Sticker Faith. And so um, it's good to be with you today. What's up, my brother Sam? I'm Lewis. This is my brother Sam. What's up with you today? Not not much. Uh, this is our third Christmas episode. Third Christmas episode. I don't know of any other podcasts that have uh, designated three episodes to Christmas. Maybe I, they're out there. I, yeah, maybe they are. But I think we like it's like every day should be Christmas <laughs> in terms of like we should be thankful for our Savior yeah. being born. You know, and every day yeah. should also be Easter. Yeah. Because we're thankful that our Savior rose again. He yeah. died and rose again. So um, I'm glad that we're doing these episodes mm-hmm. uh, for Christmas, and uh, hopefully it helps people. Yeah. Maybe you're listening to it while you're running. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe some guy named John <laughs> is going to be running around <laughs> listening to this. And, and maybe there's a Mary or a John Jane or, Mary, or a Jennifer yeah. or a yeah. Paul or who knows? I listen to podcasts when I run. <clears throat> Do you? Yeah, for sure. Kind of get you through. I listen to podcasts when I eat. <laughs> no, I'm just I, I, I do that too. <laughs> I wish I would be running. That'd be a great thing. <clears throat> so, what we got on tap for today, brother? Well, it's our third uh, Christmas episode, and uh, we want to give people ideas about how to love their neighbor. Mm. But so that's where I started. It's like, well, we both were talking, and, and we thought, well, let's be very practical mm-hmm. and help people, give people the ideas on how to love your neighbor this Christmas. And we know Christmas is just right around the corner. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, you're going to get a blizzard here. A blizzard, man, not <laughs> from it, Dairy Queen. <laughs> you're going to get a blizzard in a few seconds here. Um, but maybe ideas will come out of that blizzard. Who knows? Uh, but to get into it, I just was thinking to myself, and we were talking, and it's like, well, who is our neighbor? Mm-hmm. And that brought us to... Luke chapter 10, and the uh, the famous passage, well-known parable in the Bible of uh, the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Many hospitals and organizations named after this, yep, this yep. fellow, right? Amen. So I thought we'd get into it by uh, seeing what Jesus had to say about this topic, and then we'll hopefully hopefully some practical ideas will, will come out of it, right? Yeah, and all so is good. So the parable of the Good Samaritan, and here here's how it goes. Well, the first part is so important. It says... And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you'll live. So just pausing right there, this, um, the lawyer, I'm like, we like to think of lawyers as like in the courtroom, duking it out, defending guilty people or prosecuting yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yep. But for him, as a lawyer, he was a religious, he knew the religious law well. So think more of like uh, an expert on religious law, mm-hmm. not necessarily. 
the criminal law, the criminal or family law. law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a lawyer, uh, an expert in the in the law, religious law, and um, he's he's saying to Jesus, this rabbi, like Jesus, help me figure this out. I I almost think that he's thinking like, how can I find a loophole? You know, how oh, lawyers absolutely. like to find loopholes. Yeah, it's like in the, our religious tradition. Is there a way that I can just do the right thing in order to uh, be justified? Um, and that's and that's what it says. And he and he and he's in the next verse in verse twenty nine. Uh, but he desiring to justify himself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's to all me, he wanted to do. Yeah. To me, it's no different than today. Like when we come into contact with these passages about loving our neighbor, and we're not doing them then to me, the clear next thought is, but here's these other things I'm doing and Mm -hmm. here's why. I don't have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just like that lawyer is looking for a loophole, people are creating things in their life so there's no space to love your neighbor. And then it's just like, well, man, I got all this other stuff I'm doing so I don't have the time. And that's what laws, I love how you put that. And that's what what laws do. And that's why we want to add more and more laws because- (laughs) In a sense, when you add more and more things, it makes it easier to do. It makes yeah. the law more doable because uh, can I um, go out and do this one little task? Like, can I go get my neighbor's mail uh, from the mailbox? Or uh, would I rather just have a blanket statement, go love my neighbor? Like, one's very doable. makes it real easy and uh, practical. And this guy's just looking for something. He can check off his list and um, call it a day. Or an example of what I'm saying is... I can't get my neighbor's mail because it's a federal offense if I put my <laughs> hand in their mailbox. So, oops, can't do it. Okay, yeah. You know, so, yeah, and that's yeah. that's a literal law. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of speaks to the part I'm talking about. Like, we'll figure out reasons why we can't do what scriptures tell us to do mm. to make us feel like we're off the hook. Yeah. And I don't think we're off the hook. So then Jesus goes on and he says, um, well, the guy says, and who is my neighbor? That's a key question. Who is my neighbor? So he's wanting Jesus to identify this specific thing. And so Jesus replied with this parable. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. Well, actually, I don't even know if it is a parable. I mean, it is a parable. That's what the tradition is. But some scholars think that maybe this is a real story that Jesus told from the nightly news that he heard or some story. Okay. So back to it, he says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite. And when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, the Samaritan had compassion. He went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to the to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, "Take care of him, and whatever more you um, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back." Now, which of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the man said, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. So when I read passages of scripture like this, uh, we, we've talked about this in the past, this 
method of um, preparing for like a sermon or a teaching where mm-hmm. um, I think it's called like the four pages of, of scripture where you go into the passage and you say, well, what was the problem at the time? Mm-hmm. And you identify that. And then you ask, well, what's a similar problem like that today? And then you go back to the text and what was the solution at the time? And then back to today, what's the solution uh, today? So what's the problem in the text? What's it, what's it, what's it, what problem is it presenting to us? Well, I mean, there's a guy that's in need, but then there's guys that should be fulfilling that need that are turning a blind eye and deaf ear. You know, so they need Jesus, and this guy needs some physical help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what I see. Yeah. I also see the, um, the, uh, the guy asking the question, like, he's saying, well, I need to know who my neighbor is. Mm-hmm. Like I need to give you an, I need you, Jesus, to give me an answer, um, so I can justify myself, right? Mm, okay. And um, Jesus basically he he flips it on him because Jesus never tells him uh, who his neighbor is. In yeah, the yeah. end, Jesus says, Jesus flips it and he doesn't tell him who his neighbor is, but Jesus says, "Who are you? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to describe your neighbor to you." But I'm going to describe how you need to behave as a neighbor. So I'm going to describe you, not not your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And um, are you going to be like this this Samaritan? Are you going to be a loving person or a caring person? Yeah, I I mean this is this is probably out of everything in the Bible the biggest thing that sticks in my craw. Mm. You know because there are a lot of needs. I was just reading in the New York Times this morning mm-hmm. about how. Um, New York and California are having such huge problems with um, homeless people who have big mental illness problems. Hmm. And the mayor of New York has figured out a strategy, and I didn't read all the ins and outs of it, but he's figured out some kind of strategy to help just those segment of people who have major mental health issues, and he's getting pushed back from all kind of people all over the country about what he's wanting to do. And so Mm -hmm. he's like, we got to do something. Mm -hmm. And they said, like, in the last... You know, two or three decades, this problem has been created because they've been closing down mental institutions, and you know, these people will probably be like lifelong patients because mm-hmm. of the mental illness. But they just, when they start shutting these institutions down, they just kick the people out in the streets. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of pushback is like the crime. Like they're a big reason why there's so much crime, and actually, they're a little percentage mm-hmm. of of major crime. You know, but they they exist, right? They got major problems, and they need help. And it's like, well, who's going to help? Mm-hmm. Who's going to help these mm-hmm. people? I mean, th- these are neighbors, mm-hmm. I would say. And so, like, yeah. how do you do that? Do you welcome a guy with huge mental illness into your home to live with you? Mm-hmm. That might not be a smart idea, you know? But could we spend time with one of these individuals, like, every other day? Mm-hmm. You know, we take a 30-minute extra time going to work or coming home from work Maybe bring the guy a sandwich and sit down and talk with him and pray. You know, like mm-hmm. get to know this person and, mm-hmm. and start asking God, how can I meet this one mm-hmm. person's need? How can I meet her need? Just this one person. Yeah. Like you didn't ask me to save the world. I'm not yeah. Jesus. I, can, yeah. I don't have the bandwidth to save the world, but maybe I can help mm-hmm. one person. And just think of every Christian could help mm-hmm. one person. See, it has. you have to have that motivation to do it, though. And like you asked, who's going to do it? And I think that's what Jesus is getting to in this in this parable. He's he's like, what kind of person are you? Like, um, are you like the the Levite or the priest who just passed by, or are you like this uh, Samaritan, this hated person? 
And because of the Samaritan, it says, I love the verse. Um, it says in verse 33, it said, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Mm-hmm. Like that's the gold right there. He had compassion on him. That's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the guy just wanted to, like I said, just find out who a needy person is and check it off his list. And Jesus is like, no, no, you you need to become someone who is capable of loving compassion first. And you'll figure out how to do it. You'll figure out uh, what it takes. Like in our in this modern example of, well, should I spend 30 minutes a day or what should I do? Like you'll figure it out. But the most important part is, are you that kind of a person? And if you're not, then you need to have a conversion. Like you need a new heart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, it's it's something I wrestle with. You know, just because of what I do in ministry, I'm always like desiring to have volunteers to help, and I have very few. Mm-hmm. You know, and it frustrates me. And it's it's to me, I'm not mad because a person won't go into a jail or prison. I'm mad because a person won't serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like if a guy came to me and said, man, I, I feel the Lord compelling me to serve somewhere. Well, naturally, I'm going to mm-hmm. say, well, what about with what we do? And maybe they give it a try and say, man, I don't think that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a man. Yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me help you find yeah. what the it is. Yeah. You know, so just engage. Yeah. But too many people are disengaged, yeah. you know, and too many people are write a check. Yeah. And checks are good, but I'm to the point where I don't even care about a check. Mm-hmm. I care about a, a body. Because mm-hmm. there's people, like the verse says, right, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm-hmm. You know, so we need people to be working. And I think people are looking for loopholes, mm-hmm. right? Like this lawyer, ways to get out of this. And Jesus just smacked him upside the head with this mm-hmm. story. Whether it's a parable mm-hmm. or not, doesn't really matter. The point of the story is mm-hmm. the point. You know, like how can we be a good neighbor to somebody? Yeah. What are some descriptions from the passage of the Samaritan? Like what kind of a person was he? What kind of a heart did he have? Yeah. And w- what can we learn based based on his actions. Well, he was a risk taker. Yeah. Okay. Right? So he put his own self in jeopardy by yeah. wanting to help this guy. Yeah. He spent his resources yep. to help this guy by bandaging the wound. So it doesn't say that he was rich, but no. it does say that he spent his resources. It says he spent two denarii and yeah, one. He bandaged them up. Bandages so that's cause money. Two full days wages yep. that he spent. So whatever you make today, he did that twice, plus offered more. Yep. And then he risked um you said banging up. He probably got bloody. Would get bloody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he would get yeah, bloody. He was on his way somewhere. So was he late getting there? So he sacrificed mm-hmm. some time. Like he saw a need, and he just stopped mm-hmm. everything. Right? Maybe his wife was waiting on him to come home for dinner. Yeah. Or his kid was waiting on him to like be at the basketball game. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, I, I'm gonna be late, but I, I feel the Lord wanted me to help this guy, and it's it's not gonna be forever, but mm-hmm. but I'm gonna miss the game. Mm-hmm. You know, what a great opportunity that a person would have to make the choice mm-hmm. to serve someone in need and then have that conversation with little Joey or little Emily and say, you know what, Dad is sorry that he wasn't here for mm-hmm. your game, but here's why. Yeah. Here's what the Lord wants us mm-hmm. to do. Here's how he wanted me to be a good Samaritan. I'll, I'll be there for plenty of other games. My heart was with you. My mind was with mm-hmm. you. But my body and my spirit was with this yeah. person trying to help them. And that's a great thing. What an that's example what, that is. Yeah, yeah. Like like that's discipling yeah. our children. Yeah. Right? It's being an example, showing them. And maybe, maybe in a few weeks, if 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 it makes sense, maybe you take little Joy or little Emily mm-hmm. with you and you go visit Mark, yeah. the homeless guy, yeah. or Jenny, the homeless woman. Yeah. And then she gets to put a face and an experience together 
with what dad was doing when he mm-hmm. wasn't at the game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, that's that's trench ministry mm-hmm. right there. That's being in the trenches. And there, yeah, is it in a third world country with machine guns going off? No, that's mm-hmm. a different type of trench. But it's still a trench. Yeah. Right? It's sacrificing yeah. time. It's sacrificing my resources. It's sacrificing like maybe my kid isn't so forgiving. Yeah. You know, maybe they get angry and upset with me. Cause that's a reality yeah. too. And you're showing your true colors. Um yep. of, of your compassionate heart. And this this road from Jerusalem to Jericho, it was a 17 mile road, I believe. It, it was like it was a, a steep decline from Jerusalem to Jericho. Mm. It like dropped like three thousand feet. Yeah, so and, we're going down. And, yeah, going down. So, you know, there weren't a lot of hospitals or Good Samaritan hospitals. Yeah, that's why we got them now, right? <laughs> that's why we have them now. And so this guy realized, you know, what was at stake, and um, and and maybe that's also part of a description of someone with a compassionate heart is they realize what's at stake. Now we can probably justify it to ourselves today and say, well, there's hospitals and the help everywhere, so I don't need to get involved. But I I, I just think we're being we're deceived. Yeah, uh, I think we there's more at stake than we realize in our own character, in the lives around us. Uh, in I, I just... So this is what people miss. I think this is the biggest piece mm-hmm. that people miss, and it's like the hidden gem, right? It's the secret of the blessing okay. is when you're doing this, yeah. what you receive, oftentimes, if not all the time, you, the person that served feel as if you did you got more out of what you did than the actual recipient mm-hmm. did. Absolutely. And I've experienced that tons of times. It, it's true. And that's the that's the part that's the secret that people don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like in serving and helping someone, mm-hmm. there there's something almost supernatural mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I feel like takes place inside yeah. of us that grows us, that fills us up. Gives us joy. Gives us joy. Yeah. And and people are missing out. Yeah, <clears throat> you know they're wanting to be healthy for the rest of their life. They're wanting to be <clears throat> financially set for the yeah. rest of their life. And it's like that's 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 rubbish. Mm-hmm. Who cares about that stuff? Don't you want to feel like you like in, in a moment of time here on earth, you got a chance to experience God and His Spirit in you at work. Mm. And Noah mm. was at work. And then he puts the seal of approval like on it yeah. by giving you this supernatural feeling yeah. inside that you can't explain yeah. or describe with nothing else you've experienced yeah. before. Yeah, people are missing out, man. Wow. If you and if you listen to this and you haven't experienced what I'm talking about, then get in a trench. Yeah, find I, a trench. I like you said he was a risk taker. And yeah. another de- way, another description of him in the text. Yeah, he spent and and that, but also he was an outcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you outcasts on the fringes of society out there listening to this right now, this is a word for you mm. because this was a Samaritan. This was the last person that people hearing this story would expect to come to the rescue yeah. because they, they might have expected Jesus to say the priest passed him by and then the Levite passed him by and then this normal Jewish person came and he came to the rescue. So you would think Jesus would be having a a story like against the establishment of religion, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's up to the normal Jewish guy. But Jesus said, no, it was a Samaritan, and Samaritans were hated and despised by the Jews. Mm-hmm. They were the half-breeds. They uh, worshipped other gods, and and they just were despised. They were the, the lowlifes yeah. and on so, the fringes of society. And so if you think about it like that guy that was hurt, he was Jewish, right? Yeah. 
Like yeah. this, this Samaritan yeah. had every reason yeah. to not fool with this dude because yeah, yeah. given the circumstances being flipped, mm -hmm. not only would the guy that was wounded, if he mm -hmm. was the guy walking by and the Samaritan was the one hurt, not only would he pro probably just walk right over him, mm -hmm. he might have kicked him or spit on yeah. him when he was walking over him. And maybe right for <clears throat> so because of the way the Jews treated the Samaritans. Yeah, yeah. And a actually, uh, my pastor, Tom Olson, um, just spoke about this passage. Mm. And he highlighted the um, the words at the end about mercy, where um, the man said, the one who showed him mercy. Mm -hmm. And he said, why, why did he say mercy? Why didn't he say grace? Mm -hmm. Well, grace is giving someone a gift that they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. But mercy is withholding a punishment that they do, do deserve. deserve. Yep. And so in a sense, this uh, Jewish person deserved, quote unquote, punishment mm -hmm. from the Samaritan. But he showed him mercy instead. Yep, yep. He didn't give him what he deserved, right? Yeah, that's, and that's supernatural right there. Yeah. Another thing I think about, so who are Christians today in the story? Like out of these four roles, the, the hurt person, the Samaritan, mm -hmm. the priest, and the Levite. Christians today, mostly, not mm -hmm. all Christians, but I would say a vast majority, mm -hmm. which one of these four or which one, I would mm -hmm. say three, because I put the Levite in the the priest in the same category because yeah, those yeah. represent yeah. godly people. Yeah. Like they turned the blind eye to deaf ear. Yeah. That's still going on today. Yeah. I tend to think that Christians today mm. are the the lawyer who asks the question. I mean, I, some probably are, yeah. but I think most of them don't even ask the question. Like, like to ask the question, at least I give that dude some props. Like at least no, yeah. he's asking questions. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to yeah. give Christians today some props. Yeah, but I'm saying there's some, I'd say most of them ain't asking the question. Yeah. They just going on by. We're surely not the the guy who was beat up. Yeah, it's like it's like my buddy that I, we talked mm -hmm. about on another episode when he created that ministry for the invisible, for mm -hmm. homeless people. Like these yep. are invisible people. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of walking to every every Monday. Night when I go to Cook County Jail, there's a guy standing at an intersection with little bags of peanuts. He said, mm -hmm. and and I've gotten to the point where I see him, but I don't even acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. I just look straight ahead, you know. And it's like I don't really feel any conviction for that, but I'm just I'm putting myself mm -hmm. out there, right? Mm -hmm. This is a real thing that happens every week, mm -hmm. and I say nothing to the guy, I do nothing for the guy, and my thought is I don't know what's going on with this dude, but I I, I got something to do, mm -hmm. you know. And it's like, well. Do I stop and take the 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. Do I grab, you know, like since I'm up here preaching, quote unquote, preaching about mm -hmm. what people should do, like, well, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, and then what's my out? My out is I'm on my way into a jail mm -hmm. and I'm going to, to do ministry. I'm going to go do <laughs> ministry. So it's like there's so many opportunities yeah, around yeah. me. I just talk to, you know, we, we need to see people. And when I say see people, it's not always the homeless person that's on the corner. That's obviously a mess, mm -hmm. but also Cook County Jail. There's an officer that's there, and I don't really know him, but we've kind of joked around a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. over the course of a couple of years. And he's a pretty cool guy, you know, he doesn't give us any problems. He's accommodating to us, you know, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. And so around Thanksgiving, I made the joke. He's a, you know, kind of big guy. And I said, you know, man, like you, I said, how was your Thanksgiving? He's like, it's all right. I said, look like you ate the whole table, <laughs> you know, just, you know, messing because we mess with each other. And so, this past Monday, I saw him and his, his countenance was different. Mm. So as we were walking together, I said, man, you all right? Mm. And he just kind of nodded his head, yeah. And I was like, man, you need prayer for something? And he shook mm. his head, no. And I was like, 
you know, I if I feel like obviously obviously something ain't right. So we go into the chapel, the guys come down, and we're talking about the word of God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's sitting in there the whole time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So at the end, he pulls me to the side and he said, Hey, you know, around Thanksgiving when you said that about eating the whole table, mm-hmm. he said, Man, I've battled weight my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I do, I just wanted to melt. Mm-hmm. I said, Man, I'm so sorry. He said, No, no. He said, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that so you feel bad. He said, Man, we're men, you know, and we joke around and play around. Mm-hmm. He said, But I've battled that. And he said, Man, I just got a DUI. You know, and so he he wants wow. to be a truck driver. Well, he has a CDL. He said, I might mm-hmm. lose my CDL. He may lose his job. I mean, he's a jailer. <laughs> you yeah. know, and he got a DUI. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, wow. You know, so this is a guy that I tell my volunteers, like, love these people too. Because mm-hmm. it's so often that I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've literally seen it where volunteers go into an institution and it's like, for the sake of loving on the guys inside, yeah. they're just the the people around them that work in the institution yeah. or invisible to. They're just like a turnkey. Like that's an old yeah. prison term. Turnkey, turnkey. Mm. Like all you see of this person is that he got a set of keys. He can open mm. the door mm. for you. Like that's his only significance, right? That's kind of what that term mm. insinuates. And that's that's all they yeah. see these people as button pushers and door openers and closers. So that's a way to distinguish. <clears throat> what God wants you to do at that moment. And that's what this passage is saying too. And what you're saying is even if you're on your way to perform a religious duty, like the Levite or the priest, God is like putting people in your path. And perhaps he's saying, no, this is your mission today. This jailer mm-hmm. is your mission today. Yep. This is the main thing. But we get so latched on to what we think the job should be that mm-hmm. we fail to see the, um, the very opportunity God is putting in front of us. Yeah. So, which, which to me, that that's leads, a powerful lesson. <clears throat> to me, that leads to this phrase that people use: "What God has called me to." Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a problem with the phrase, but it always kind of rubs me when I hear mm-hmm. a person say, "God has called me to this," mm-hmm. and so it's just this narrowly focused one thing, mm-hmm. and it's like. Who am I to say what God told yeah. them or didn't tell them, yeah. right? That's first and foremost. Yeah. But just that the way that that phrase is, God called me to, you know, it's like, well. So therefore, stop bugging me about these other things. I got or, this figured or, out. Or when I see these other issues, like, that ain't my problem. Yeah. And it's like, maybe it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, may, maybe it's just for that day. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's not a long-lasting ministry that mm-hmm. is born out of it. Maybe it is for some, mm-hmm. right? Like this, my friend's son who went out handing tracks and coffee out mm-hmm. to homeless, he felt so compelled by that day to start a ministry, Yeah, you know, through his high school years. Yeah. And it was great. You know, so like sometimes like God may have called him to that for a season mm-hmm. and he invited people mm-hmm. into that with him. But like he was a guy that if, if something else popped off, even not in homeless mm-hmm. ministry, like he was ministry minded, mm-hmm. you know, and still is to this day, you know, and that's what I think we should be. As children of God, we should be ministry-minded, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and we should be taking our family along with us in ministry. Mm-hmm. So not separating the two, but if we're going to be a part of a ministry or we're going to serve, why not bring our family along? We're mm-hmm. supposed to be the example. We're supposed to disciple and be discipling our family first. Mm-hmm. Well, how are we doing that? Yeah. Serving is, is a top priority in my book, yeah. and not on Sunday morning yep. on the church. Like, that's fine. But I'm talking about outside mm-hmm. the walls of the church. Because yep. this story wasn't in a church, a synagogue, mm-hmm. a temple, or none of that. It was out in the streets. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I think sacrifice is a big deal, mm -hmm. and this guy obviously was sacrificing. Um, so, you know, we'll talk more about sacrifice here in a sec, but check this out. Got a little musical break. Yeah, little jingle bells. Welcome back. So we last started talking about sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about sacrifice, I think not only did this guy sacrifice um, his time, not only money, not only risking his own well-being because robbers could have been there to jump out on him, mm -hmm. but he put the guy up on his donkey. Mm -hmm. And though we don't know how many miles they were into that 17-mile journey, yeah. but we know that this guy put him on a donkey, which meant he could have been riding that donkey. Mm -hmm. And not like exerting himself mm -hmm. going downhill, which for me is a lot worse than going uphill because mm -hmm. of the the maybe being able to slip and fall and like yeah. cut myself or tumble yeah. down and keep tumbling. Yeah, going downhill. I always think going downhill is more dangerous. Yeah, I agree. More, I agree. more prone to injuries. Yep, right? I agree. So this guy continues to to sacrifice, and then he gets to the end, and he's showing mm -hmm. his. You know, he could have just dropped him off next to a tree. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been like, hey, buddy, like, you know, sorry to happen to you, nice but hope this, <laughs> hope this helped. Yeah, but he he went yeah. above and beyond, you yeah. know, which showed his heart. And then in turn, what must this Jewish hurt guy, what must have been going through his mind and, and what kind of heart change mm -hmm. could he possibly have had? Now, the text doesn't tell us mm -hmm. about that, but if he was any kind of human being, mm -hmm. right, and he had been taught all his life that Samaritans were no mm -hmm. good, dirty dogs, this would at least have to change his mind somewhat, at least yeah. about one. Like he could say, everybody's like that, but this one guy. Yeah. Let me tell y'all about this time where I was beat up mm -hmm. and left for dead and this Samaritan guy came by mm -hmm. and he bandaged my wounds, risking his life to being beat up. He mm -hmm. he used his time because he was going somewhere. He threw me on his donkey so I didn't mm -hmm. have to try to walk all beat up all these miles to mm -hmm. get somewhere. Then he could have just laid me by a tree, but he took me to an inn mm -hmm. and then he spent money. Which being at that end probably also paid for him to have food and mm -hmm. he would have been in a comfortable spot. And then the guy mm -hmm. said, Man, I'll be back through, man. If I need to drop some more denarii on you, <laughs> then I'll drop some more. You know, it's like yeah. this dude went above. He invested. Yeah. He invested. He wanted to see this guy healed. Mm -hmm. Right? He didn't just want to throw a band-aid on it and let the guy figure it mm -hmm. out. Like he took him to a place where he can be comfortable and where he can heal. Mm -hmm. So how does that translate to mm -hmm. our lives as Christians? Mm -hmm. He was in it for the long haul. He, and he just as it. you say that, I didn't want to get to Jesus quite yet, but like that's what Jesus did for us. He was the good Samaritan mm -hmm. who found us when we were beat up by sin, the mm -hmm. flesh, Amen. the devil, the world, left for dead, and he saved us. And he and he brought us to a place of safety, mm -hmm. you know, the inn. That could be the church, that could be the family of God. Yeah, um, all of that. All of that. And he says, guess what? I'm coming again. Mm. I'm coming back to get you. That's right. And like we're celebrating Advent right now, that's a that's when we remember his first coming in anticipation and longing for his second Amen. coming or Advent. Yep. And this is our moment. Like we're in the end now and we're waiting for his return. And and like you said, what is our attitude towards people now, the outsiders, this the Samaritans in our lives? And and how can we 
just use the compassion that Christ gave to us and give that compassion to other people. Yeah, amen. You know, I, there's a verse that comes to my mind when I always read these passages, and it's Paul's writing in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where he says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves as living sacrifice. You know, and at the end it says, which is your reasonable service, or some versions say it's your spiritual form of worship. And I like both of those mm. endings because on one hand, like, it's your reasonable service. It's like, yeah, it is reasonable. Like, Christ literally came and died for us so we can be free mm. of the penalty of sin and forgiven. But he doesn't ask us to sacrifice ourselves physically, but he does call us to sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? And sacrifice mm -hmm. means giving something mm -hmm. up for him, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and then I think a spiritual form of worship, like, is that not when we're sacrificing for God, is that not mm -hmm. a form of us worshiping mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. right? Because he's our motivator, yeah. right? I'm not doing this for accolades. I mean, I shouldn't be. Some people might mm -hmm. be doing it for money or fame or get their name mm -hmm. in lights, which then that would negate the worship mm -hmm. part to God. But if that's not our motive, then that's a way mm -hmm. for us to say, look, Lord, like this is for you. Mm -hmm. and, for and spiritual form of worship has to do with the power by which you do that service. Mm, so amen. it's not, it's not, I'm just going to depend on my own physical strength or my own mental toughness or whatever to go serve these people. But I have like a, like a tube between mm. between me and Jesus, and he is pumping in his spiritual power into me, equipping me and empowering me to do this service. It's my spiritual form of service. Yeah. I guess the metaphor Jesus uses is the vine and the branches. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a branch, and if I'm attached to the vine, then his life force is flowing mm. through me, enabling me to serve in these ways. Yeah, and and also we see that in the beginning, when Paul says, I beseech, I mean, that's like the New King James Version, which I like. I like that's mm -hmm. where most of my memory verses are from. But that word beseech has the element of like begging. Like Paul said, I'm begging y'all, brothers and sisters. Hmm. I'm begging you by the mercy of God, right? God has been merciful to you. He's not giving you what you deserve. Hmm. And because you're not getting what you deserve, how are you going to sacrifice for him? Mm -hmm. A living sacrifice. Like how and what? Because the why is because of what Jesus yeah. did for us. That's yeah. our why. It's because yeah. Jesus sacrificed himself mm -hmm. for us. That's our why. That's now, what gives us that compassion That's heart. what gives the compassion. Yeah. And the next is the what. Yeah. There's so many things, right? Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to be a big ministry. Mm -hmm. It could just be being conscious of people around you mm -hmm. when they don't seem like themselves. Mm -hmm. Like this guy in the jail mm -hmm. for me who I see. I don't see him every time, but I see him enough do I could just feel like something didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's happened to me in the grocery store where the lady to check out. I've never seen her before. Mm -hmm. First time ever. Some just seemed off. And I said, man, like, are you mm -hmm. all right? Can I pray for you? She just burst into tears mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, and I prayed for her right there at my grocery wow. store in Naperville. Wow. You know, and she just, I'm talking, she's weeping. Wow. Man. And it's just like, you know, I'm not saying that's a, the gift of discernment. I'm not, I'm not claiming I got that. But I just felt in that moment yeah. something was off. And I prayed for the lady. I've never seen her again yeah. since, you know. And so God's spirit was in you and saying, she's the one. Like, ask her, prompting you. Yeah. And so I'm saying, like, yeah. you can go start a ministry, mm -hmm. right? That would be the the, the top, right? Let mm -hmm. me go start a ministry from scratch. The next can be, well, I'm not a from scratch starter of a ministry. Let me join mm -hmm. a ministry as a volunteer with some capacity. Mm -hmm. And if you're not even there yet, how can you say, as we're talking about loving your neighbor, even if you just look at your work? It's Christmas time. We're a few days away from Christmas, mm -hmm. so it might be late. 
But what if you hear this today and it's not too late to bake some cookies and mm-hmm. take it and give it to people at work? Yeah. You know? And if you can't do it at work, if you work from home or you don't work, like, what about your neighbors? Mm-hmm. Well, I know my neighbors. There's great people. Well, the, actually, the neighbors extend beyond the person behind you, the person mm-hmm. in front of you, and the people right on each mm-hmm. side. Like, go walk a little bit. Or mm-hmm. if you're in the Chicago area, go get in your car and drive a little mm-hmm. bit to a neighbor's house you don't know. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, man, I'm just spreading some Christmas cheer. Yeah, absolutely. My family's celebrating the birth of our Savior, and I made these cookies, mm-hmm. and I wanted to come say mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. God bless yeah. you. And here are some cookies. Who I, knows how God is leading that process. Ain't Maybe no doubt. That, that's just the thing that they needed and you had no idea. Yeah. I have a grocery store experience. Okay. All right. <laughs> I uh, got throwing us off track here, but I was in the, I was in all these a uh, few months ago and this was a pretty obvious moment uh, of time to help. But um, there was this little old lady in front of me with her cart and there was something inside of me that said, this has all happened like fractions of a second, but there's something inside me that said, run up to her. And I was like, before I could say no, I paused. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's weird. And right as I was thinking that to myself, she just fell f- straight on oh, her face. Dude, you tripped. She fell straight on her face. And um, I-, I think she had like a stroke or passed out or something, right? And I was like, holy cow. You know, so I ran down. She hit the um, the tile so hard um, on her face. Blood just started pouring out from her face as she's face down on the tile. And I was like, oh, my. And I, I like, by that time, I was there, you know, already. And I get down. I'm kneeling down beside her trying to see, you know, what's going on. And, and literally, people are, like, stepping over her to keep shopping. And... Finally, um, another, uh, uh, an employee of the store um, said, uh, should I get help? I'm like, what do you think? You know, and, wow. but, but I'm down with her and I'm like rubbing her back, trying to talk to her. I didn't know if she's dead mm-hmm. or what. And I'm praying for her too. Um, but they wish you'd have ran over there. She might have not had a busted face. <laughs> I know, if I would have just listened. If next time, right? I'm thinking, next time I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go rather than... But that's a great... Thanks for sharing that because I think that happens a lot where God is putting it on somebody's heart to just go. Yeah. And they don't. And then we don't. And, and you yeah. don't. And then like either a bad thing happens that wouldn't have mm-hmm. or something bad was going to happen, but the worst part could have been prevented mm-hmm. if you would have went... Like like obviously something was wrong with her, mm-hmm. but having a busted face just added more to yeah. it. You know, and so it's like... These promptings, you know, and it's like, I didn't clearly hear from the Spirit of God. Are you looking for like a, a mm-hmm. guy with a megaphone? Mm-hmm. Go talk to this lady <laughs> and catch her. Like if you waiting <laughs> on God to do that, you're probably going to be waiting forever, yeah. man. But that little prompting that you just feel, you know, and so to, to me the question is, why don't we react yeah. in those Are moments? we sensitive to it? What's holding us yeah. back? Yeah, what voices are we listening to and reacting to? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think it's like... Is maybe we think it's not proper. Mm-hmm. Maybe we think people are going to think we're weird. Yep. Maybe we think we might get, like it's going to cost yeah. us something, yep. whether it be hurt feelings yep. or getting cussed out or it's going to cost yep. us something and we don't want to mm-hmm. pay that cost. That's why I like pointing out, and I think it's worth going back to the fact that he was a Samaritan, that he was an outsider on yeah. the fringes. And you think about every single stinking superhero that's out there 
is someone from the outside. You think of like Spider-Man, right? He was a guy, but he was this weird, he was bitten by a spider, yeah. right? You know, superheroes are always kind of the, the marginal fringe kind of people. And that's part of their strength, actually, because they're able to bring something and do something that other people can't do. So if, if, if people are out there and thinking, well, you know, I'm not part of the accepted crowd or I'm not part of the, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth, I'm just this fringe person. It's like, no, that's, you have the exact thing that, that's probably needed to reach people. Like a perfect example is you going into jails. Who else is going to have that kind of robust ministry like you have? Because you've, you've been there. You, you, in some sense, you're all, you've been on the fringes and you ha have something to, to go in with. Jesus is another example, mm -hmm. right? He was, he was God plus he was human. Yeah. And he has just what it takes to serve. One of the things that I'm I'm probably overly cautious about, because I get this a lot pertaining to what you just said about me. Like people say, man, you're the perfect person. And it's like, you know what? If, if there is such thing of, as a perfect person, I don't know. But but if there is and I am, then, then so be it. Mm -hmm. But people say that because what they're really saying is that's for you. It's not, not for me. For me. Yeah. I'm not the perfect person. Yeah. Right? And every time yeah. I hear that, I knock that in the head, and I say, I say, you know what? You know, it's a blessing to get a chance to go impact these people's lives, mm -hmm. not understand what they're going through. So you're right. Like I have um, a better understanding than most people. But guess what? It was people like you that impacted my life the greatest when I was mm -hmm. in prison. It was this white person from mm -hmm. the suburbs that didn't grow up like me, that don't know none mm -hmm. of the stuff, and never did the stuff I did, who That's impacted my point. life the greatest. Yeah. So yep. I'm always, and it's true. I'm not just making mm -hmm. it up to flip it on them, mm -hmm. but I'm a I'm, I'm a pushy person. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you want to push me off, then I'm gonna push you down, mm -hmm. you know, so to speak, not literally, but like, <laughs> don't 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 make no excuses, man. Yeah, don't be like I'm, that lawyer. And, and, and yeah. honestly, man, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it real with you, like, which I, I hate when people say that because it's like, have you been lying? <laughs> no, I ain't been lying. <laughs> like, in my mind, here's the reason why people aren't being good Samaritans. They ain't being taught at that church. Hmm. I mean, if you look at most, I would say most Christians, and mm -hmm. maybe it's a little less than most, but it's a lot. I would say maybe if it's not 51%, it's 49%. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like half. They're not getting it. Like most of them people go to church on Sundays, mm -hmm. right? I'm talking about the ones that do. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that might be in a Bible study or some kind of life group one day throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Well, I've experienced this stuff. Definitely in churches. I haven't been in every church, and I've been in all kind of different Bible studies mm -hmm. and life groups. There's no thrust coming from the influencers, mm -hmm. whether it be church or whether it be leaders in these groups. There's no thrust coming from them constantly to push these people and motivate them to get outside their comfort zone and get out their box mm -hmm. and go out here and serve. It's not happening, yeah, man. I agree. It's not happening. Like, I see a lot of these churches as fat farms. <laughs> you got all these people gathering, listening to this great preaching, mm -hmm. and they're just getting fat getting fed. with all yeah. this knowledge. Yeah. And it's not coming out nowhere. Yeah, It's not coming they're out. They're not exercising it. They're not exercising yeah. it out. So they're big obese with the yeah. word of God yeah, in yeah. them, which is the greatest thing you can have. But if you're not using it, then what good? Oh, yeah. It's filling me up. It's making me feel good. It's making me feel closer to God. No, it's not. That sounds exactly like this parable. It really does, where the lawyer is just saying, give me some more knowledge. 
give me the right words that I that I know that I'm justified. Yeah, you know, you know. So and Jesus is like, go exercise it. Yeah, I I don't I don't know of a huh. church where what I'm talking about takes place. Mm-hmm. Like, just like the gospel should be preached every week, I'm a firm believer and will always be committed to that. Yeah. If it's a church service happening, no matter what day of the week it is, if it's church, mm-hmm. the gospel's being presented. If mm-hmm. it ain't, it ain't church. Mm-hmm. That's my that's that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, but equally with that is if there's nothing every single time to get people out to mm-hmm. serve, then it's all for nothing. Yeah. So what I can articulate the gospel. And was it if really I'm not articulate? If I'm not articulate, well, I'm just saying even if it really is, would it would it have been? That's a good point. I would got it you. Have I been? got you. That's a good point. I mean, I'm looking at this verse uh, in First um, John um, where he says, "If anyone says I love God." But hates his brother. He's a liar. Mm-hmm. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Mm. Like, that's you tough. You can't do it. You that's can't, tough. You can't love God if you don't love your brother. I mean, yeah, that's tough. It is tough. Yeah, I it mean, just shows you how closely they're they're related to each other. Yeah, nah, man, I totally agree. And you know, that's that's some those are some strong words. I mean, some of the strongest words in the Bible mm-hmm. that you just read, yeah. in my opinion. So what would a church look like that what would it look like to have to have that kind of thrust each week? You, you know, I think it'd be a church very I think it'd be a small church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, man. Yeah. I do. Because people wouldn't people gonna get agitated. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, look, man, I, I am probably one of the least knowledgeable and least smart people that you know. And I'm not I'm not just saying that because like I'm self-deprecating or okay, anything I'll like that. Okay, I'll call BS on that. But go. <laughs> like from an educational standpoint, but I'm telling you, man, like people living in the United States, and I never lived out of the United States, mm-hmm. by the way. So I can't say I when I lived in Russia or China mm-hmm. or Africa or South Central America, I always been in, in the Midwest, good mm-hmm. wholesome Midwest with milking cows and picking areas of corn. And flat land my whole life. But I can tell you, man, when I see the Bible, and I don't mean like what the terrain and what the lifestyle looked like then. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about that, the demographics or the geographics. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about people and their mindset and the way they should live. When I read the New Testament and I and I see the disciples and how they were living and what they were doing, we just got snapshots of that, right? It's not their entire lives. But then I think my life should I should be emulating Christ. Like Paul says, follow me as I follow mm-hmm. Christ. Right, and so he's mm-hmm. the example, and then I can watch some regular Joes like me because mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't a regular Joe, and how they fumbled and bumbled, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm doing. I'm fumbling and bumbling through life, mm-hmm. trying to emulate Christ yeah. as best yeah. I can. But I'm telling you, the comforts of the Western world is what's keeping us from an intimacy mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, yeah. and and it's it's affecting me in a bad mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and I don't like it, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm becoming something. That I don't want to become mm-hmm. like me. I like I'm yeah. not I'm not talking about. Hey, I got a friend that's becoming mm-hmm. something he shouldn't like me, Louis Dooley. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming something mm-hmm. that almost is the type of person I despise. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to create a life of comfort, mm-hmm. and, and you know why? It's because everybody around me, for the most part, is chasing the same thing. I'm not mm-hmm. chasing it. But it's impacting me because they are, and I'm seeing it, I'm experiencing it through them, mm-hmm. and then it's causing me to desire these mm-hmm. same comforts. And I'm not saying comfort is bad. Don't hear me when I say, 
I'm not saying comfort no. is a bad thing, but when life is all pointing towards comfort, mm-hmm. then to me, that's the slickest trick of the yeah. devil to get us yeah. away from God. When we think that's the most important thing, when we think, when we fear losing our comforts more than we fear losing God, when we fear losing um, our comforts more, when we think that's better than helping our neighbor in need, like that the comforts will be more comfortable, more uh, give us more joy than, like you said at the beginning, helping someone in need. When we priority, when we make everything a priority about these material comforts, yeah, it's like a gold mine. If somebody was digging in their backyard out here in the western suburbs mm-hmm. of Chicago, and they and they found a gold nugget, mm-hmm. what you think they're gonna do? They're gonna tell anybody? <laughs> I wouldn't. No, yeah. They're gonna keep digging for more. Yeah. I'm gonna try to keep digging. Yeah. I'm gonna try to yeah. keep a hush hush. Yeah. Because I don't want the government to find out. Because mm-hmm. they may come claim that and saying it ain't mine. Like I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna keep digging, right? Mm-hmm. Because I found a treasure. Mm-hmm. What if the treasure we found was impacting people's lives? Yeah, that's the treasure. When we yeah. dig into a person's mm-hmm. life and love them and see how it's starting to impact them, mm-hmm. we want more. Mm-hmm. We'll become addicted to mm-hmm. digging and making a big gold yeah. mine so we can become rich. And, and Why no one has to convince you of it. Nobody has to convince yeah. you of it. Yeah. You know, so there's that richness, that depth mm-hmm. of richness. That people, like I mm-hmm. said earlier, are missing out on mm-hmm. because they're not impacting mm-hmm. people's lives. And that's a heart change. That's what Jesus was getting at. Like, your heart needs to be changed. You need to become that kind of a person. And I think of Scrooge at Christmas again. Like, after his quote-unquote conversion experience, at the end, he just goes out and indiscriminately is, like, throwing money at everyone, trying to help. Like, it d- doesn't really matter what he does at that point, but his heart has changed. He's a new man. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll do what he wants to do now, which is serve and take care of other people. Yeah, man. I'm 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 just convinced that wow. the thing the thing that we should be most concerned about in this life on earth is chasing after Jesus and impacting people's mm-hmm. lives. And if we have a spouse, take them with us. If we have a spouse and kids, mm-hmm. take so it's not about abandoning our mm-hmm. kids cuz a lot of time, a lot of ministry people that becomes their life like people in the corporate mm-hmm. world. You know, I'm chasing money so my family can have a better life, but I'm not there for my mm-hmm. wife and kids. The ministry's person equivalent would be, I'm chasing after souls. Mm-hmm. So my wife will understand, my kids understand I'm doing God's work. Mm. No. And she's the first soul that you yeah. need to care for. That's your. Th- those yeah. are your disciples. Yeah. Those are the first disciples yeah. God has given you. When you said, I do, and a baby popped up, those are your mm-hmm. disciples, and you need to carry them with you in ministry. Mm-hmm. How often do you see that? And, and, and honestly, man, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to toot my horn, but, but I, I like... I'm trying to take people with me. Mm-hmm. Like when we have people come live with us, they coming with me. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them. You're going to see ministry at work. Because I can tell you about it, but obviously that ain't impacting yeah. me. So maybe if you can see it and experience, maybe that'll touch your heart. Mm-hmm. I'm trying every doggone thing I can think of to try to get people engaged. Because yeah. I know too many people. And now more than ever, before the pandemic... People mm-hmm. were serving in a lot of different capacities, namely in the church. Mm-hmm. But now people now, have deconstructed and yeah. people quit their churches for reasons of leadership failings or or whatever reason. They, they can't find a church. They're going online. They're not in the Bible study. So they're kind of like these Christian people who are just like floating around, not doing much mm-hmm. of nothing. I'm trying to cast a big old net and try to catch mm-hmm. as many of them as I can. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about some uh, practical kind of idea give people ideas of ways they can love their neighbor and uh 
why don't we do that when we come back? Yes. give some uh we back let's give some ideas some ideas man so i'm looking you 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 compiled a great list of ideas 22 of them to be exact <laughs> you know and so as i look through some of them um one of the things i can see is like these are kind of most of them like a point of contact mm-hmm. right like maybe you don't even really know the person so it's that first point of contact or maybe you know them and been knowing them a while but you've been apprehensive about you know, it's like they know I go to church, but that's mm-hmm. it. You know, I haven't shared the gospel with them. I haven't invited them for dinner. So these are some good ideas. So why don't you tell us some of those ideas you yeah. got on here, Sam? There's some ideas that we've done before, some some that we have, few that we haven't, but uh, things you can do to love your neighbor this Christmas, offer to watch their kids. If they have young kids, they're like a young couple and they need to go shopping or mm-hmm. just have some time, that's offer great. to watch kids. Bring over a meal. Just bake something. Bring it over, especially if... Especially if there's someone who's sick in the family or in the hospital. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Something else that's been happening in our neighborhood mm. uh, lately. Uh, like you said, bake cookies. That's I a, like cookies, That's man. a great way. Who doesn't like cookies? Chocolate chip. If anybody's thinking they want to give us <laughs> cookies, chocolate chip. Four fifty. <laughs> I won't give your address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, make a wreath. Make some kind of Christmas decoration and uh, bring it over. Uh, bring them a poinsettia. People love those. Shovel their driveway. Wow, that's huge. You know, and something else in our neighborhood we do. That could be a ministry, man. Yeah. You got a gas-powered snowblower. You've or, been in your neighborhood. Or two for, arms and a shovel. Yeah, well, I mean, you could do a lot more. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever you whatever have, you got. whatever you got, like if you know older people in your yeah, exactly. neighborhood or widows, yep. stuff exactly. like that, man, go just do that yeah, stuff, just do man. It. Just show up and start doing show it. Show up and do it. Yep. Yep. It's easy. Uh, offer to bring them groceries. People are hiring these services like uh, yeah, DoorDash. Stuff yeah, like to that. bring groceries. Oh, you go do it. Say, hey, I'm going to the store. Yeah, can I pick up a few can items? I pick, some, pick up some things. Need any milk and sugar? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, you know, here's a, I'm going to pause because this yeah, is a no. nifty idea that just came to my mind. What if, because some people even be afraid to do something like this, because I mean, this is a bubble. Mm-hmm. Where, where we're at, to me, is a bubble. Mm-hmm. People live in a bubble, they, they drive in their garage. <laughs> And they go in the house, you don't see them. And yeah. next time you see the cars leaving the garage, the yeah. garage door doors yeah. down, and they're gone. They may wave at you, mm-hmm. just being friendly. But you, if they're cutting the grass, and where I'm at, people got services doing that. Mm-hmm. So you don't even really see people. So maybe instead of you taking them something, maybe you go ask them for something. Yeah. yeah exactly. Hey, can I borrow some butter and some sugar? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Go do that. And then wait about a week later yeah. and take them some butter and some sugar. Yeah. Hey, man, thank you so much. Man, here's mm-hmm. this. Oh, no, I don't want that back. Well, here, take it because I might mm-hmm. run out again. You well, know, actually, like. I think, it, I, think it was, I think it was it was either Mark Twain or Ben Franklin, one of those two, uh, with this folksy kind of wisdom, said, when, when you move into a new neighborhood, 
the very first thing you should do to love your neighbor is go ask a small favor from them. Mm. Because then that'll show, that'll open up the door, create the relationship, and it'll show that you, you're a real person and it makes them feel good. Yeah. And then one day they can reciprocate and you can bless them. But that's what they said. First thing you should do when you move into a neighborhood. Yeah, I, I mean, my mind is just racing. I, now I'm thinking about going knocking on some of my neighbor's door and say, man, I'm hungry, man. Can you think, <laughs> Can I eat dinner with you tonight? Like I'm saying, everybody ain't wired like me. Yeah, I know. But I, I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Not while it's cold out or with this blizzard. But I'm telling yeah. you, I'm going to go knock on some neighbor's doors and I'm going to invite myself over for dinner. Makes you vulnerable, for sure. Why not? Yeah. You know? And if they if they say, eh, hey, I don't think so. Man, why don't you come over to my house on next yeah, Tuesday yeah. for dinner? I yeah. got you. Yeah. Like, I like making people laugh, so I, I want this to be kind of yeah. a humorous thing, because I think humor, like, breaks down walls. Mm -hmm. So yep. And having a meal or drinks with people. Oh, yeah. Nothing definitely. better. Nothing, nothing better than that. that. Yep. Invite them over for Christmas movies. Who doesn't yeah. like a good Christmas movie? I wouldn't advise invite them over for a Bears game right now because they, <laughs> they ain't doing too swell. Yeah. Uh, invite them to Christmas dinner if you have a lonely neighbor who lives yeah. by themselves. That's a big hey, one. come eat with us. Watch a game together. Rake their leaves if you still have leaves. Yep. Uh, go door to door and sing Christmas carols. People think that's awkward. It's fun. Yeah. Grab a group of people and go do it. It's a, it's a blessing. And if and if people don't want you coming to their house and doing it, they'll let you know. Yeah, I mean they won't open the door. Yeah, they won't open the door. They'll they say go away. They won't hate you. They got these ring doorbells. You can talk through them. <laughs> you you can don't sing have to answer the door. You can just say go away. I don't want none. All right, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, you could visit visit them if they're in the hospital, and then pay pay special attention to the family members at home. Like yep. I said. Pray for them yeah. and ask them what you could pray for. Mm, that's a great one there. Right? Visit them if they have family member in prison. Buy necessary gifts for them. Um, I once had a, there was a student in the ministry who, um, this is such a great story. He, he wasn't a rich, wasn't a rich, didn't come from rich family. Uh, but there's a, another student in his school that was, everybody made fun of, kind of like the, kind of this smelly kid who kept to himself kind of thing. And one day um, my student said, you know, I want to I love him in some way. And so what he did is he got on the bus with him and he got off the, at, the, at this kid's house and kind of walked with him to his house and got to know him that way, right? And learned more about evidently his, one of his family members was in prison. Mm. And his, uh, and his primary caregiver, um, I think it was his mom, ha had a big drug addiction in that. So the kid had a lot going on. And so what my student did was he just saw what he needed. He needed His backpack was trash. He always wore the same clothes. So he went to the store and got him a new backpack, got him new clothes, and took it to his house because now he knew where he lived. And he just, and he just blessed him, mm. you know, like wow. that. I'm like, That's huge. His, his heart was into it, and he just figured out, a way to do it and how to do it and what to do. That was a wounded person on the side of the road. Yeah. And that student rescued. Yeah. Bandaged his wounds and took him to an end. And who knows what he might have prevented that uh, lonely student How did that doing. impact that dude's life? Yeah. Well, I can actually tell you how it impacted my student's life. He works for um, Pacific Garden Mission right now. Oh, okay. Pretty okay. sure. Wow. Okay. Pretty sure. Yep. Mm. And that's a... Uh, in Chicago, it's a homeless yep. ministry. Yep. Um, 
Invite, invite your neighbor to go to church with you. You know, you guys are all going, yeah, you have, you know, tiny kids and it's hard to get out, whatever. It'll be entertaining for your neighbor yeah, yeah, who yeah. goes with you. You can still invite them, be yeah. a blessing to them. How about this? Can you knit or quilt? Mm. Make them a blanket or hat. Mm. There's a lot of people who can do that. That's for any seniors that may be listening yeah. to this episode. <laughs> or <laughs> I don't know anybody that does that. Some, some older school people. students who did. Wow. So uh, there could be a resurgence about that. How about share bumper sticker faith with them? Wow, that's the best one. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or do that with your enemies. I don't know. Um, make a um, make coffee or hot chocolate and um, bring other treats. Yeah, to, that's like great. You, you talked about doing that in downtown Chicago, bringing up vats of coffee yeah, and yeah. treats and treating yeah. the homeless. That's a great idea. Uh, and volunteer at some homeless shelters, things like that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, this list is a good starter list and it's helpful for people who just aren't visionaries or yeah, idea yeah. people. But I think what what's best is when you just pray mm -hmm. and think about the people that are around you, whether it be neighborhood, work, PTA, whatever kind of groups, whatever, however your life intersects other people's lives consistently, not exclusively consistently, but for the most part, you see these people more than than you know a few times. Mm -hmm. Like, be asking God, like, what's that thing? Give me eyes to see, Lord. Give me ears to hear. What's that one thing that I could do, Lord, that they'll be receptive mm -hmm. to? And then be praying, Lord, open their heart, open their mind. Mm -hmm. Don't let them see me as an adversary. Don't let them see me as another religious organization that's like knocking on their door trying to convert them. Mm -hmm. Like let them just see the genuineness of my heart yeah. and the thought that I put behind what it is that I'm wanting to do. Mm -hmm. And let them be receptive. Give mm -hmm. them a risk-taking um, persona or, or make them be a little risky, maybe mm -hmm. if they're not, to be receptive to what you're proposing. And then go for it. You know, go for it, man. If, if you're scared, some people might be listening to this and their knees are knocking. Like, mm -hmm. I can't do this, man. Get some other people to pray for you. Mm -hmm. I've been there before. And do it with you. Yeah, do it with you. Yeah, I've been go there before, you. man. Yeah. Yep. So, man, All loving right. our neighbor, man, it's not easy. It's, it's probably one of the most difficult things to do. Mm -hmm. But I would, I'm would, i going to go out on a limb and say it's the most rewarding thing spiritually that you can do. Mm -hmm. And the growth that will take place in you mm -hmm. far exceeds, in my opinion, Bible study, seminary, preaching. It far exceeds that, man. Mm -hmm. When you can get intimate with a person's life and love on mm -hmm. them, especially if they're in a dark place, there ain't mm -hmm. nothing like it. There's nothing mm -hmm. comparable to it. it. It integrates your head knowledge with your life mm -hmm. because the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, mm -hmm. and strength, right? And Jesus says the second commandment in this very passage mm -hmm. is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you integrate, you bring those two together and you express th the first one through the second one. Yeah, and, I, and I would say that the first one is just a means to carry out the first one. In other words, we can't love the mm -hmm. Lord God with all our heart if oh, we're not yeah. doing the second. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like 1A and 1B. Like yeah. they're really one. Yeah. And you can't do 1A without doing 1B. Yeah. It's like if you're a football, a professional football team, there's the learning part. Mm -hmm. That's the first commandment. You know, you, you must learn how to play football. Yeah. 
but then if you just watch video and learn from books how to play football you're and you don't actually get out there like that doesn't make any sense at all it's a yeah. it's a complete package and you express the one through the other mm -hmm. you live yeah, out yeah. the one from the other yep yep it goes together yep like peanut butter and jelly yep like sugar and kool-aid <laughs> like ham and burger <laughs> like peanut butter and chocolate uh i don't know about that. oh come on i don't know about that peanut butter and you'll chocolate. be saying bananas and peanut butter no, like elvis i'm not elvis oh, okay so um man well man thank you guys for tuning in i, I, I hope we hope that um Man, that this gave you some ideas, yeah. man. Maybe it wrecked your heart. Maybe you mad at us. Mm. Like, how dare you make these statements, man? Let us know. We ain't scared of a little anger. Mm -hmm. We big boys. We'll take it. <laughs> but until um, we meet again, thank you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. God happy bless. Year. Peace. <laughs>